All right, Jimmy, you're the first on the Egypt podcast for Wake Tech. Oh, we're live here. Uh, what do you think? Uh, breathtaking. It's giant. Uh, isn't this the smallest of the ones we're going to see? Today? I think it is. This, it's the oldest of them all. Oh, this is the oldest. Oldest, but I think it is the smallest. And where are we? We're at uh, the cemetery. What's it called? Saf- Saf- Sa- Safara. Safara. Okay. Safara. And uh, it's a, uh, I think they call it a stacked pyramid or something. Yeah. I mean, but some of the pyramids are real small. They just look like, I don't little know. Little mounds almost. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So uh, we learned today that uh, any little mound that they cover people is actually called a pyramid. And while we think pyramids are what you see on the Las Vegas Strip or whatever in Egypt, they have pyramids all over that aren't as well erected as what we're standing in front of. But pretty impressive. Pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. So this is our first full day. What do you think so far? So far, early morning start. Uh, we've already gone to an archaeological site, uh, seeing a lot of different pieces that have been undercovered. Uh, and uh, it's amazing. It really is uh, great views. I love it. How hot do you think it is? <laughs> I'm dying. I'm dying already. And I got an umbrella, and you got that nice hat, but I'm dying. Bobby hat. I'm, I'm getting nervous it's, about this afternoon. It's 100 plus, but uh, we're drinking a lot of water, so. All right, Jimmy Feely from Egypt, and um, we'll uh, be back at you soon. travel to Egypt this summer, 2022, was life-changing. And I mean life-changing. I would rank the trip a 9.9, maybe a 9.95 out of 10, only because there were a couple things that maybe you should need to know about prior to going. But overall, we had the time of our lives. We had a tour guide by the name of Hassan, who was excellent, not in terms of just what he knew about Egypt, but how to manage a tour, how to get us through airport security, how to lead us through parts of Egypt and make sure that everybody was accounted for and the head count on the bus and ensuring that we had our room keys and that the hotel rooms were were good. So he was phenomenal. He was a 10 out of 10. And so was really the whole group that Explorica used to ensure, number one, uh, the fact that we had everything, number two, that we were safe. So I give him, Hassan, a 10 out of 10. Our cruise ship, we did a three-day and night cruise from Ashwan, Egypt, to Luxor. The boat, I mean, I've never done a river cruise, but I would have given that a 10 out of 10. The accommodations were beautiful. My room cabin was beautiful. The whole layout of the ship, the upstairs to sit out and look at the banks of the Nile, everything about that cruise, except the tourist trap prices, was a 10 out of 10. 
the number of things that we got to see, from the pyramids to the tombs to just, you know, everything you can see in Egypt, Cairo, Luxor, Ashwan, the big dam in Ashwan, uh, downtown Luxor, just being able to see so much history, the way that was set up was a 10 out of 10. Uh, we had no issues flying, really. We got there and on time and coming back. So really, I should give it a 10 out of 10, but a um, couple things. Number one, heat. I mean, I heard it was 115. Felt like 115. If I didn't bring my umbrella, I think I would not have made it. It was hot. Now, they say a dry heat. I don't care. It was hot. The buses were air-conditioned. The hotels were air-conditioned. Everywhere we went inside was great. But then you open the front door or, you know, the door getting off the bus, and it feels like you're walking into a furnace. So June, hot. July's even hotter, I hear. Um, vendors, those pesty people that sell you souvenirs or rides on the horse carriage or camel rides, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, and I've been to a lot of countries, and nobody's more pushy. Nobody doesn't hear no, I'm not interested, more than the Egyptian vendors. And if you don't know how to handle that, or it's tough, it's going to be really tough to go to Egypt. I had fun with them, or you ignore them. But they are in your face, and they will follow you until you're gone, or you slam the door, or whatever. They are brutal. And then maybe Egyptian Air is an airline that I might consider not flying. Safe, 737 or 777 was good. Um, but, you know, we had 100 screaming kids on the way. And, um, you know, no one was controlling them. It was, it was a loud flight. And so Egypt Air, I don't know, I... I other airlines might be a little bit better. But let me tell you, for a travel abroad trip with Explorica, for a country that has all the history, Egypt did us well. Okay, I think we got Marsha on. Marsha, you there? Yes. Hi, Jeff. How are you today? I'm doing good. How's it feel to be back from that great trip? Fantastic. Ready to go back, and I wish I was still there. <laughs> now, <laughs> I heard, I don't know if I saw a social media post on Instagram or something, <laughs> but is it is that true that you're considering moving there? Um, I already have family there. Uh, so I have a few cousins and a grandmother. I consider her a grandmother. It's my grandmother's sister. Um, my grandmother is no longer with us, so my grandmother's sister is still there. And there's always a home for me there. So in the future, I would not mind moving there. Correct. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I was there at some point in my life. It just felt like there were some points while we were there that I had previously been there. 
and I definitely wouldn't mind living there again. As you saw, life was just a little different there. There's a balance of life and family. Yeah, life life is definitely different there than here. What, what do you think for you? Um, well, first of all, how did you find out about that trip? Well, I uh, came upon you, Jeff, uh, through Wake Tech. I got laid off during the recession, and I needed to kind of expand my education. I decided to take the work road instead of the college life after high school. And I had quite a good tenure of work history and strengths behind my belt. I just lacked that piece of paper of education. And when I was applying to work, uh, they were telling me that I lacked that education. I had more experience, more qualified than they were having, uh, people who were interviewing me. So I came upon some of your classes and you had some of the uh, opportunity to expand on an international business. So I was one of your first international business certificate graduates through Wake Tech, and I mentioned to you as I was graduating with my two associate's degrees and quite a few certificates that if you ever go to Egypt, call me and let me know, and sure enough, you did. So I definitely appreciate you reaching out and letting me know that you were taking that trip to Egypt. Well, I'm glad you did because it was nice to have a... Uh... Uh, you know, uh, an actual Egyptian citizen in some way. Uh, I, I guess ethnicity, you're not a citizen of Egypt, but you are Egyptian, living, born in California. It was nice to have you on and watch your reaction to seeing your home country for the first time. What was for you the top two um, events, destinations, things that stick out the most? What two things do you remember the most? I think just being welcomed by the other Egyptians there. Um, being here as a first-generational Egyptian here in the U.S., you really don't have that many fellow Egyptians that are around in North Carolina or, you know, in other parts of the states other than, you know, if you go to larger cities like New York or Los Angeles or even if you go to a a church here in Raleigh, you would find a little bit more Egyptians. Um, but just having a little bit more embodied of the nature of the Egyptians, of uh, just having that appreciation throughout the other Egyptians there, just recognizing that I am Egyptian, it was pretty cool. Um, but the top two places, I think, uh, the Sphinx and the Pyramid um, over in Giza and riding the camel. Um, Mishmish was my camel's name. <laughs> he was pretty awesome. And it was just breathtaking to see how massive the pyramids were to how close Cairo is to Giza and to the area of that where you can actually see the city's life right there from the Sphinx. Um, it was pretty awesome. And I think another, honestly, would be out in Aswan, where we um, saw the temples and kind of had the bus ride out. It was a three-hour bus ride. And so I saw a little bit more of the valley and the countryside of Egypt, which was pretty remarkable, just to kind of see how much more open space that's left to grow and build within the country. Yeah, you mentioned the, um, the, the city, 
moving, inching closer and closer to those pyramids. People have told me that um, you'd be you'll be surprised that you can see houses and you know people in their driveways, basically right in front of the pyramids. And sure enough, it's I don't think there's any more room to build uh, between the last street and those pyramids. So uh, they definitely. <laughs> They definitely expand it more than uh, I thought. And, um, well, I guess in a town of 22 million, you need as much space as you can. Yes. And then when my father was there as a younger child, he remembered it being like a 45-minute to an hour kind of destination from the city where it was a trip to go to go see the Sphinx and the pyramids wow. where it wasn't right there by, by the city. Wow, so I didn't it, know that. It's definitely, yeah, it's definitely developed over the years. How about the heat? Um, if there was one thing that, <laughs> I know, I mean, I lit it, if I didn't have that umbrella, I don't think I would have survived. Yeah, and I took a baby stroller fan with me, and that was the best $10 investment that I thought that I could take with me, as well as a couple hats. The heat was unbelievable. It's a desert. Um, and it was cool at night, which was fantastic. We had the breeze in the evening. It was almost like two different temperature zones. Um, but during the day, you definitely needed to stay hydrated and keep your electrolytes in you. Um, but keep covered, I would say, like your umbrella or a nice hat, long sleeves. But staying hydrated, I would think, would be the best suggestion to anybody who would want to go to Egypt. Just with the openness of everything there's really no areas of shade and when you do find an area of shade you definitely want to embrace it and appreciate it but i took a, a, a baby stroller fan um, and attached it to my book bag and it was great relief at times but silly me i didn't pack additional batteries so it died throughout half the trip so oh, wow. <laughs> yeah it lasted for a good part of the trip but it didn't last the whole trip <laughs> well um how about that Nile River cruise. Um, we were told that it would be a nice boat, but it exceeded my expectations by a lot. Um, I mean, I put that at a four or five star accommodation. My cabin was beautiful. Um, what did you think of the boat ride? Yeah, our cabin was gorgeous as well. I think that having the three night cabin or three night Nile cruise definitely is a huge suggestion for anybody traveling to Egypt just to kind of get that experience or viewing the Nile from a different perspective as yeah. well as seeing different cities and towns throughout the tour. Yeah, um, like that you know. That first, um, well, that was even before the Nile River cruise. We took a small sailboat that first night in Ashwan to that little town with all the camels and it was a real Egyptian experience. Yes, definitely. I don't know the I, name of that town. I, 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 I honestly, if you were gonna ask me this earlier and I could have looked at it for you, I have it um, in my pictures, so I can definitely go back and look at it for you. Yeah, I can, um, find, I can find it, but I just remember that being one of the top three experiences to actually see and feel Egypt. Now that's where a lot of those vendors, which I would say are the um, 
the most aggressive, pestiest out of any country I've ever been to. That's where they really attacked everybody. Yeah. Um, when we took that smaller boat cruise, um, and then we went on a sail going out, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, and came back in a motor. Correct. Yep. Um, it was very peaceful. It was almost just like if you were here in the States, but just with the atmosphere and then going into that town with the hustle and the bustle, like you said, with the vendors was just a different experience to have. And then having the different senses with the cooking from the street vendors and everyone approaching you was a little overwhelming at times. Um, but, you know, just saying no and not necessarily making direct eye contact with the people, I think would be able to be the best suggestion for somebody to go for a, a vendor. But that's their way of living. They live off of travelers like ourselves. And, you know, with the pandemic surpassing us, they really have to make up for lost times with life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they have a lot of product. And a lot of this stuff is handmade. Yeah. Right there within their hometowns. And so they're just trying to survive and make a living for their family. And it's not that they're trying to be pushy. It's just that's their way of their life. And with our value of our dollar compared to the Egyptian pounds, it is a value. Yeah. And... The bartering aspect of it, it's just fun. You know, they they know that what they want out of it, they know what you can pay out of it, and it just kind of works back and forth. Now, Um, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Just to kind of touch back on your cruise question, um, I think the cruise on perception-wise, on having all accommodations there, having your breakfast, lunch, and dinner, having everything right there and having stops was, I think, the best thing for us as well, too. Yeah. Um, Having the gift shop there, you had exclusive massages, and we had our photographer with us as well, too. So it just kind of made it kind of feel like home as well. So we built great relationships with the whole crew and the staff, and the chefs were fantastic, and food was delicious. Now, you probably had more Nile River water ingested than anybody that's ever visited Egypt. What 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 happened with uh, drinking a half a bottle of Nile River water, which, by the way, is so bad for you that they say don't even brush your teeth, don't shower and get it in your mouth. And yet you survived, what, a two liter or was it a, just a water bottle or what happened? <laughs> it was probably like five or six gulps of a two liter bottle. Um, and it, they suggest not to drink, not necessarily the Nile water, of course not the Nile water, but any water in general, just because of the, the filtration system is different here in the U.S. than it is in a lot of other countries. And the bacteria in natural water our bodies are not used to it. So that's why they suggest not for us to brush our teeth with the water or drink water from a, an open bottle, you know, like a cup of water and ice. So they always suggest for you to drink bottled water and no ice in your drinks. So I, um, unfortunately, was uh, given a bottled water, tell, was told that it was my bottled water on the trip to... Uh, it was a three-hour bus trip, and we started the bus trip at 
three in the morning and it was dark and I didn't realize it. And I was eating bread for breakfast along with some cheese and some of the cheeses in Egypt are a little salty. So with bread and salty kind of cheeses, it didn't taste any different to me, honestly. Um, I didn't realize it until the sun started rising and stuff was floating in my water bottle. So I, I kind of took a pause and kind of looked at the water bottle. So we had bought some jewelry previously and we wanted to kind of clean and purify it. And we had some Nile water in our room <laughs> and I was uh, accidentally uh, drinking some Nile water during our bus trip. And you did, you did not get mummy tummy? I did not. Yeah, I was just about to say that, but the great thing is, is I did not get mummy tummy. Um, and, you know, we refer to mummy tummy, you know, to get mummified, they take all your insides and put them in the jars, uh, in the alabaster jars. But the, the scenario with the mummy tummy, I was fine. I actually gulped a full bottle of closed water right afterwards yeah. and did the tour and I was in the sun afterwards and I wasn't trying to focus on it. <clears throat> just so I didn't get my mental to get my body sick at that particular point. So I was trying to not to think of it. Um, but thankfully I was not sick the whole time I was in Egypt. That's great. So, you were one of yeah. the, you were one of the few. Yes, sir. But you know, the overall severity of the sickness was not anything alarming. So we were lucky. I think um, I, one of the things I remember is uh, going up to the top of the riverboat on a really hot, sunny day as we were cruising from, um, I think, Ashwan to Luxor. And you were up at the top just kind of gazing out at the shore and you got kind of real quiet. And you were thinking a lot and then you start to get all teary-eyed. What were you thinking about? My family and how much my father fought for a family that he didn't even know that he had to want to make a better life for us. You know, my father um, came to the U.S. in his early 20s and went to New York, and it was to build a quote-unquote better life for himself and his family. Uh, the cool thing is, is I'm Egyptian. My, both my parents are from Egypt, but they didn't know each other in Egypt. My mother and my father actually met in New York. Wow. And in New York, there's different boroughs, and the Egyptians hang out in one, and you can kind of go to the Egyptian borough, and yeah. there, there they are. And so uh, my uncle, who's my mother's brother, knows my, knew my father, and my mother came into town, and it wasn't even of... You know, they're going to date and, you know, make a life for one another. It's just they kind of got along and fell in love and got married and moved to California and built a life. Yeah. And it was just appreciation for the moment of, you know, he fought for something and wanted to build for something that he didn't have and didn't know that he was having, but he was just wanting a better life. Okay. And it was just the appreciation of it. But also, it was just the beauty of it. Yeah. You know, we saw just greenery and, you know, mini pyramids as we're cruising by and families. Yeah, and that lush green palm trees and farm yes. and 
kids swimming in the Nile and waving and yeah. um, something that, you know, that, that definitely goes into a lifetime, um, not achievement, but a lifetime thing that you want to do on your bucket list. Definitely. And then I saw some kids flying kites. Yep. And my father and I built a kite in oh. sixth grade for a kite competition. Okay. And I like was almost fighting with him that I wanted to go buy a kite. He's like, no, Marsha, I know how to build a kite. Oh. I'm like, no, Bubba, like, I want to go buy a kite. And he's like, no, listen to me. Like, we're going to build this kite. But I didn't understand how can we build a kite? How can we do this? So I listened to him, but yet I won first place in this kite competition. Oh, wow. And I got the highest. It stayed up the longest. And in the horizon, multiple times as we're cruising down the Nile, at that particular point as well, too, we were seeing a bunch of kites in the sky. Yeah, that's right. It was very humbling to kind of see, you know, stories and traditions that my father and my mother still keep to this day that yeah. still embody within them that they kind of brought to us through their heritage and their families that I saw there and that we're still living to today. Yeah. And it was it was cool. It was it was it was breathtaking at times. Now you did a lot of shopping. <laughs> um I, I'm not even I'm not even sure that, uh, well, you definitely, the Egyptian economy has been um, boosted up significantly, but I'm not sure there's a lot of stuff for a while for people to go over and buy. Yes. So you brought an, an empty suitcase. You stayed three days later than the rest of the group. You got to see family and meet them for the first time. And you brought gifts back for how many people? for family uh, of gifts for family that you know I had never met and just wanted to kind of embrace the love that I had for them and that was the suitcase empty one that you were referring to because I knew I was going to have an empty suitcase and so yes I did purchase gifts um, but they were for my family uh, so I have my parents here as well as two sisters and then I work in sales so I wanted to make sure that I I was out of the technology reach of the Marsha help for two weeks. Right. So I'm what, you know, I communicated with everybody that I was not going to be around, but I also wanted to make sure that I brought something back for everybody as well too. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, our money is definitely here in America. Dollars to pounds is definitely worth a little more, uh, but everything's handcrafted over there and it's quality. So when you're buying cotton, you're buying Egyptian cotton. And you can feel the difference in a tank top or in a scarf. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, and when you're looking at a, I bought a turquoise necklace. It's true turquoise pieces. And if I were to buy that here stateside, I would have been paying a few hundred dollars, if not a couple thousand dollars for it. Where in turn, I probably only paid 10 to $15. That's it? it? Yes, sir. Wow. <clears throat> it was fantastic. I bought a leather pocketbook. For five dollars. Yeah. And it was, it was. I might have bought a lot, but in retrospect, it wasn't that much in spending cash wise. Yeah. Some stuff it was, but in some stuff it was not. Yeah. I had fun with the galabayas. Yeah. Uh, the traditional Egyptian dress. Um, uh, 
just different designs on it can be worn in homes or lounge wears, but I personally have been wearing mine out as dresses. Yeah. So I, well, I wear Certainly there's no um, low choice of shopping over in Egypt. I mean, it's everywhere. And the fun thing is, well, for some, that if you don't go to them, they go to you. And yes. so you're, you, you could be shopping all day dealing with these vendors that are, yes. like I said, fairly aggressive. Nice, um, but very aggressive. So, well, um, you know, I would say that the Egypt trip uh, compared to all my other trips was just as good, probably in the top two or three of life-changing Um one of those trips that it's hard to describe and I, I, you can't put it in the words with the, the number of tombs and, and, and pyramids and just things that we saw in history. Um, and then the heat and the the, the Nile, I keep wanting to say the, the Rhine river cruise in Germany, but it's the Nile, Nile river cruise. I can't, I can't really describe it. And, and pictures and videos don't do it. They really give you 10% of what that trip was like. So I certainly appreciate you describing, you know, your experience and uh, going with us. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure at some point in the future, you'll be looking at uh, going again with us on another trip sometime. I'm definitely looking forward to it. It was unbelievable. Um, as you said, it was one of those things that you can't describe. We've seen Egypt for years in pictures and movies and videos, but there's nothing like your eye can see and nothing like your heart can experience. So mm, I definitely appreciate being part of the trip, and I'm looking forward to many more trips with you, Jeff. All right. Well, great talking to you, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Hope you have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Egypt invented the 365-day year calendar. Egypt's where the world's oldest dress was found, about 5,000 years old. The Great Pyramids were not built by slaves. They were paid laborers, most of them built with great honor towards the Pharaoh, and those who died were buried in tombs near the sacred pyramids. Greater Cairo is the largest city in Africa and the Middle East, with a population of 22 million people. There are about 5 million Facebook users in Egypt. The most popular sport, of course, in Egypt is football. Every city had their favorite god during ancient times. Egypt is home to the world's largest dam. It's in Ashwan. We went there, and it's built to contain the raging waters of the world's longest river the Nile, of which we did a cruise. The official language in Ara is Arabic, and Egypt is also home to the largest Arabic population. Egypt has more than 3,451 hours of sun each year. That averages about 10 hours of sun a day. And yeah, it definitely was hot. So a couple things I learned on this trip to Egypt. Number one, no one can go swimming after sundown in Egypt. Uh, if you're in the pool, you'll see a guy at the hotel, at least at our hotel, with a whistle. 
and constantly whistling and moving his hand back and forth for you to get out. Yeah, it's somewhat of a religious thing uh, in the Arab world. So don't plan on getting a hotel at 5, 530 and think you got a long time to swim because you don't. Uh, the next thing I learned is really how hot and dry this place is. I mean, in the desert, the whole thing is a desert. The only green you see is that Nile River. And about two or three miles of on each side, the banks have farms and green. Otherwise, this is the driest place I think you can go to. Another thing, the driving overall wasn't nearly as bad as I thought. However, I did take a cab ride to the Starbucks the last night, and the car uh, driver, the cabbie, decided to take a U-turn uh, well up in front of where he should have, and then backed his way up in oncoming traffic for two kilometers, thus avoiding a head-on collision or a rear-end co collision for about five minutes. I did not know that cars could go that fast in reverse. He looked at me. He smiled when we were in front of the gates and said, well, I saved about eight kilometers. And I thought to myself, wow, I almost died. Um, never drink the Nile River. Never drink water from the Nile River. Never jump in the Nile River. It is really, really dirty. But it, in a way, very beautiful at sunset and in the morning on that cruise, looking at both of the banks and the water with the sun glimmering off of it, didn't look that bad. But anybody that tastes the Nile River or tries to drink anything or if vegetables and fruit are used or Nile River's used to wash them, you're going to get what's called mummy tummy. And we saw a lot of that on our trip to Egypt. Watch out for the ice, too. They say most of the hotels have the filtering system, but I didn't trust it and therefore... Pretty much, not completely, but pretty much avoid it. Mummy tummy. Egypt is certainly a place that you have to go to at least once in your life. You have to see the size of the pyramids. You have to see these tombs that were excavated, excavated 30, 40, 50 years ago. They were covered in sand and they're everywhere. And the amount of carvings and detail on these massive, massive tombs is just unbelievable. So it's well worth a one-in-a-lifetime trip to Egypt. And if you do go to Egypt, do more than Cairo. Cairo in itself is great. Tahir Square, looking at the traffic, looking at the mosques, seeing the big malls, seeing the rich neighborhoods and the poor neighborhoods. And of course, Giza with the pyramids, you got to go to Cairo, but you got to do a flight to Ashwan or Luxor and take that riverboat. That really opens up your eyes and it's very relaxing. And then also, again, train yourself for the aggressiveness of the vendors trying to sell you stuff. I mean, they'll hook up to the boat, the river cruise, and their canoes, and they'll sit there and yell until someone opens their window, and then when they do, or look down at them from the top of the boat, they'll throw what they're selling on top of the boat and demand you throw it back if you're not going to pay for it. These guys are good. And it's all guys. I didn't see any women vendors, all men, and they're aggressive. So 
be careful. Oh, bring an umbrella. The umbrella saved me. Without that umbrella, I would not have made it back to do this podcast. <laughs>